0: Good evening, this is Patrick Donahue. We appreciate you listening every week at this same time to Bible Crossfire. As you probably know by now, we deal with what the Bible has to say on each and every topic, including the controversial ones. The ones that believers differ on, we don't shy away from those. The only one thing that we emphasize here is as far as different people preaching different things, is that the Bible is our standard of authority. It decides what's right. So if somebody says 2 plus 2 equals 4, and somebody else says 2 plus 2 equals 5, if they do that in religion, we're going to let the Bible decide what is right. The Bible will be the final authority, and it will tell us what is right on every issue. I thought we'd look at, to start with, John 12, verse 26 It says, there, Jesus is speaking. It says, If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. So according to this text, we must serve Jesus. This is the only way we will be with Jesus In the hereafter, according to this verse, that is, if we serve him, it's the only way we'll be honored by God. Thus, it's the only way we will be saved by God, that is, if we serve Jesus. Let's start by talking about what does it mean to serve Jesus? What does that mean exactly? Well, according to the text, the way we serve Jesus is by following him. It says, if any man serve me, let him follow me. So, the way we serve Jesus is by following. Now, we can't follow Jesus around literally from place to place like his disciples then did. So, today we follow him by following his teachings, following his word, obeying his word. Let's talk about some aspects of serving Jesus. First, the Bible teaches that we should serve only God. Matthew four verse 10 says, "Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. So we should serve only God. Don't serve man in the sense we're talking about. Number two, we have to put Jesus before money before anything. Matthew 6:24 says, "No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Now mammon here would be money, material possessions. And the Bible says you cannot serve two masters. Either you hate the one and love the other. Hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, so we have to serve God, not mammon. Now, if you have a Bible question or comment tonight, we're going to use a different number tonight. The 1-800 number is not working, but I suppose most of you have free long distance anyway. The number to call tonight, if you have a Bible question or comment, is 469-586-0001. Again, the number to call if you have a Bible question or comment is 469-586-0001. Another way we serve God is with fastings and prayer. Luke 237 reads this way. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, meaning 84 years old, which departed not from the temple but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. So the way that Anna served God was with fastings and prayers. Number 4, the greatest Christian is one who serves the most let's see that from Luke 22:27 but ye shall not be so but he that is greatest among you let him be as the younger and he that is chief as he that doth serve so jesus says the one that's going to be the greatest we might say the greatest christian the greatest servant of the lord is the one that serves number 5 we shall we should serve one another Galatians 5.13 reads this way, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. So we need to serve one another. And lastly, in this vein, we must quit serving sin. Romans six six says, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Again the number to call if you have a bible question or comment is 469-586-0001. So some passages that talk about serving the Lord to help us to help detail how we should serve the Lord tell us that we should only serve God, Matthew 4:10. We have to put Jesus before money, before anything actually. Matthew 6:24, we serve God with fastings and prayers. Luke 2.37, the greatest Christian is one who serves the most, Luke 22.27, we should serve one another, Galatians 5.13, and we must quit serving sin, Romans 6.6. These are some of the details about what it means to serve Christ. Remember, serving Christ means we follow him, according to John 12.26. Jesus said, if any man serve him, serve me, let him follow me. But we can't follow Jesus around like the disciples did back then and just walk with him wherever he went. The way we follow him, the way we serve him, is by following his teachings, obeying his teachings, obeying his word. Now, question Can we be saved without serving Jesus? No. John 12, 26 teaches that only those who serve Jesus will be in heaven with Jesus. Only those who serve Jesus will the Father honor. So we can't be saved unless we serve Jesus. Sylvia from Alabama. Can you go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please?
1: Yes, sir. I was wondering, how are you doing? I was wondering, um, are we born into sin and do we die into sin? Or are we born into sin and do we die into Christ?
0: Well, let's... Let's talk briefly, first of all, about your question about born in sin. Now, most of the time, what people mean by that is, and I'm going to see if that's what you mean, born in sin, is that an infant is born and inherits the guilt of the sin of Adam. Is that what you're asking about? Yes, sir. Okay, now, there are a number of passages in the Bible that tell us that that is a false teaching, one invented by the Catholic Church. But here's a pretty clear one, Sylvia. In Ezekiel mm-hmm. chapter 18, verse 20, by the way, Sylvia, I'm in North Alabama near Huntsville. Whereabouts in Alabama are you? Mobile, Alabama. Mobile, okay. I have a son down yes, there going sir. to med school at South Alabama. You know about South um, Alabama, right?
1: Yes, sir, I do.
0: So he's going to med school down now, now listen he's to wonderful. Ezekiel eighteen twenty.
1: The okay. soul that
0: sinneth, it shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father neither shall the Father bear the iniquity of the Son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. Do you see that, Sylvia? It says, the soul that sineth yes, it shall sir. die, the Son shall not bear the iniquity of the Father. Neither shall the Father bear the iniquity of the Son. Okay. Is that is that clear on this topic? or is that? Do you think that's clear, yes, Sylvia?
1: It is very clear,
0: yes, sir. Let me read you one other passage. I believe this is Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 29. It says, Lo, this only have I found, that God hath made man upright, but they have sought out many inventions. Now this is not just talking about one man. It's talking about mankind because it says God made man upright, but they have sought out many inventions. And it's talking about not inventions like inventing the light bulb, but it's talking about sinful schemes. But this shows okay. every man, every baby is created by God upright. Babies are not created born guilty of sin or born in total depravity as the Calvinists would teach. This says that they are, are made by God upright. You see that, okay. Sylvia? Yes. So what we have two very clear, We have two very clear passages. One says mm-hmm. nobody bears the sin of their father, inherits the sin of their father, and this other one says that everybody's made up right. And so nobody is born guilty of sin. The idea of original sin, that infant inherits the guilt of the the original sin of Adam, and that was made up by the Catholic Church, and the idea that infants are born totally to pray, that was invented by the Calvinist. The Bible not only doesn't teach either one of those concepts, the Bible teaches against those concepts. Okay, Sylvia, now I'm ready for your follow-up.
1: Okay. Well, I um, pretty much understand what you just stated. I just got the wrong teaching from somewhere else, but I really understand it now.
0: Sylvia, I have a friend and Mm -hmm. uh, a real good Bible student. He lives in Mobile. I'm not going to give you his full name since we're on national radio, but his first name is Ken. I would love to put you in contact with Ken And then perhaps y'all could maybe study the Bible together. He lives in Mobile, and and I go down there, and the church he worships with, I preach for them every now and then, but he's a much better preacher than me. And when we're down there, a lot of times I'll spend the uh, night with him, and we'll talk about the Bible, him and his wife. Mm -hmm. Uh, Would you like me to try to put you in contact with Ken? Yes, sir, sure. That's wonderful. Now, I tell you what, I think I have your number. Does it end with Mm -hmm. 1827? Yes, sir. Okay, I'm going to give Ken your phone number, and let him give you a call, and then y'all can maybe get together to study the Bible sometime at your convenience. Yes, sir.
1: Bible study. Okay, that's wonderful.
0: One thing y'all can talk about is this idea of original sin, you know, inheriting sin. There are a lot more verses to talk about other than just these two. Okay, so I'm going to give him your number, the number that ends with 1827, and hopefully he'll give you a call in the next day or two. Thank you. Well, Sylvia, do you have any other Bible questions or comments?
1: No, no, sir. I thank you. I appreciate it so much, and God bless you.
0: Same to you, Sylvia.
1: Okay.
0: Bye-bye. Bye. Nicole, you're on Bible Crossfire. Go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. Oops. I made a mistake in trying to pick up Nicole. We'll keep going and see if Nicole can get back on there. You know, so we're talking about how that you have to serve Jesus. And we're showing from John twelve twenty six that you have to uh, serve Jesus in order to be saved. Because it says those who serve Jesus will be in heaven with Jesus, in effect. And those are the only ones the Father will honor. You know, a lot of preachers say all you have to do is believe in Jesus to be saved. But passages like the ones we've been going over prove that you also have to serve him. You have to serve Jesus to be saved. Now let me illustrate what I mean by that. You can believe that a king exists, but serving that king is another matter. I can believe that King, the king of England exists, but there's a big difference in just believing that he exists and serving him. You see what I'm saying? And so this passage, and other ones, John twelve twenty six teaches not only do we have to believe the King, Jesus, exists, we have to serve the King in order to be saved. You see the difference? Mike from Washington, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please.
1: Okay, yeah. I want to talk to you about what you said a couple of weeks ago about the baptism and salvation. They go together,
0: according to you, Right? Correct. Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Mark 16, 16. First Peter 3, yes, 21 I, uh, says, Baptism doth also now save us. Yes, Mike, I do okay. think they go
1: together. Uh, what you didn't, uh, what you didn't uh, tell us is the, the number of passages where baptism is not uh, admission in salvation. Yeah. Take, for example, the two men who went down to the temple. One was a tax collector, and the other one's a Pharisee. And the Pharisee, he was thanking God for the kind of person he was, and the uh, mm-hmm. tax collector, he couldn't even lift his head up to yep. heaven. He says, yeah. have mercy on me, a sinner. Then Christ right. said that he went down to his house to justify. He was justified
0: when he said that. So, Mike, you're making the point that if if a verse talks about salvation it doesn't mention baptism, that must mean that baptism is not necessary. Is that kind of your argument? No, no, I'm not saying baptism is not necessary. No, not necessary to necessary. salvation. It,
1: it is necessary. What I'm saying is that you can be saved, uh, in, independently
0: from um, baptism. You don't have okay, to understand. be baptized what, and
1: saved at the same that, time.
0: That's what I thought you were saying. Now let me ask you this: Do you believe a person has to repent of his sins in order to be saved? Of course. Okay, but uh, the passage I the, but the passage I just read. Mark sixteen sixteen. Jesus said, "He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved." It doesn't mention that's repentance. True. That's what true, I'm saying is, it doesn't mention repentance, true. Mike. According to your reasoning, that would prove that a person doesn't have to repent of their sin, because this passage oh, no, talks about. They do about, have to repent of their sins, but th- okay. they can be saved before they're baptized. Okay, but so, Mike, I'm not sure you're understanding my point. So, but I'm so I'm going to say it again. Your argument is is that if we find a passage that mentions salvation and it doesn't mention baptism, that proves we don't have to be baptized in order to be saved. But if that reasoning were true, Mike, that would prove a person doesn't have to repent in order to be saved because there are a number of passages, and Mark 16, 16 is a it is a good example of one, that's, that mention salvation and what a person has to do to be saved, and they don't mention repentance. He that believeth and is okay. baptized shall be saved. And so, Mike, it, here's it, the truth, will, I think. No, Go ahead. I'll hear, let you talk. Just let me a say this. Okay. Uh, re- read the last
1: verse in uh, Mark in Luke seven, where a woman was a sinner, and she mm-hmm. was the one that bathed uh, Christ's feet and wiped it with her hair. And the last verse it says, and He said to the woman, "Thy faith has saved thee. Go
0: in peace." Okay. Her faith now, saved her. I'm going to read you a passage, and this passage will help you see why these people you're talking about. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, didn't necessarily have to be baptized to be saved because baptism is a requirement of the New Testament law in order to be saved. Mike, and the New Testament law had not gone into effect while those people lived. Baptism wasn't required for salvation until after Jesus was dead and dead, because the Great I, Commission, the Great was not one hundred percent effective. Okay, the, the Great the New Testament hadn't been written yet.
1: It was still in the New Testament age, and he told the woman, he says, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. And the two men in the temple, the Pharisee and the tax collector, the tax collector, he just admitted that he was, you know, that he was a sinner, and it said that, Christ said that he went down to his house justified, and not the other.
0: Okay, so, so let me read you this passage, Mike, and see what you think. Hebrews 9, 15-17 says, And for this cause, he, that's talking about Christ, is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testator is a force... After men are dead, otherwise it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth now the writer of Hebrews here Mike is making an analogy to like a will I'm one of four brothers four boys and my parents made out their will in the 1970s that the, their their possessions would be split equally among their four sons but those possessions didn't go to me and my brothers until after my mother died in two thousand ten. Because the will did not go into effect until after the death of the one who wrote the will, the testator. Now, the parallel is being made here in Hebrews nine, Mike, is that the will of Christ, the testament of Christ, the New Testament, does not go into effect until after the death of the testator. And so who said the, where in the Bible does it say that? Hebrews nine, I just read it to you, verse fifteen through seventeen. It says, For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is a force after men are dead, otherwise it has no strength while the testator liveth. So the point of this passage is is that the New Testament law, the law that requires baptism for salvation, did not go into effect until after Jesus died. So the people you're talking about, they lived... Before that, they lived under the Old Testament law. They're kind of more parallel to Moses or Jacob or even Adam or Abraham. Of course those folks didn't have to be baptized. Baptism did not even exist during those days. And so the Great Commission was given, Mark 16, 16, after the people that Mike is talking about after they lived and died the great commission where it was first stated that baptism is necessary to salvation mark 16:16 16, 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved sometimes people will call up and ask about the thief on the cross on this program that's why the thief on the cross didn't have to be baptized because he was forgiven before jesus died and baptism wasn't required back then Baptism wasn't required till later when the church came into existence. That's the point that hebrews nine fifteen through seventeen is making that the Testament the New Testament didn't come into effect until after the death of the testator and so baptism wasn't required until after the death of Jesus. But now we live after the death of Jesus after the New Testament law has gone into effect, and that testament clearly requires baptism for salvation. We've already quoted Mark 16.16, 16, 1 Peter 3.21 to prove that. How about Acts 22, 16? Saul believed on the road to Damascus, and at least three days later Ananias told him to arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So he didn't wasn't forgiven when he believed. Three days later he had to be baptized to get his sins washed away. And then Acts two thirty eight some people some believers asked what they needed to do to be forgiven and Peter said, Repent and be baptized. For the remission of sins. So the Bible makes it clear that baptism is for the remission of sins. In other words, you can't get the remission of sins unless you're baptized. Now we're talking about serving Jesus. A lot of people excuse their sin by saying everybody sins so it must be okay. But this passage, John 12, 26, proves that no, it's not okay to sin. We have to serve Jesus to be faithful to him. We have to serve Jesus to be pleasing to him. We have to serve Jesus to be saved. Isaiah 59, 2 says, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Our first caller asked about inheriting sin, and we, we pointed out the verses that prove that's wrong. This verse tells how a person becomes a sinner, not because he inherits the sin of Adam, but because he sins and becomes separated from God. Romans six twenty three says the same thing in different words, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, many will say, well, it doesn't matter if you believe or do the wrong thing. All that matters is if you love Jesus. That doesn't really make any sense because John fourteen fifteen says, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And John fifteen fourteen says, you are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. And so, people that say, it doesn't matter if we believe the wrong thing, Or if we do the wrong thing, because I love Jesus. No. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. You are my friends if you do whatsoever, I command you. And so, to, to serve Jesus, we have to keep his commandments. We'll try to take this call, but we're running out of time. Bob... From Texas, go ahead with your Bible question or comment, please. We've got about a minute to Yeah,
1: go. I've, ca-
0: uh, yeah I've called you before, and, uh, I, you know, I've talked to you
1: before. But, sir, I'm going to tell you right now, you are so full of bullets, it's unbelievable. Every Sunday night, you get on here, and you try to tell people how to be saved, and you've got to serve,
0: you got to do this, you got to do that, and you got to do that. Jesus Christ and Him alone is in our salvation well i'm gonna let you go bob i gotta go off the air in just a minute got to go off there in just a minute but let's go back and read the passage that we started with jesus said if any man serve me let him follow me and where i am there shall also my servant be and he's talking about being in heaven the only ones that are going to be in heaven with jesus are those who serve him those that follow him and if any man serve me him will my father honor so the only ones that god are is going to honor are those that serve jesus so a lot of people like this last caller said, well, all you got to do is believe in Jesus. It doesn't have anything to do with works or what you do. But this verse proves he's wrong because it teaches to be saved. you got to serve Jesus. You can believe that a king exists, but if you don't serve him, that's a different matter. We have to trust and obey God. Only those who abide in Jesus' teaching have God, will be saved. Let me read that from 2 John verse 9. Whosoever transgresseth, and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ, hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. So if we don't abide in the teaching of Christ, the doctrine of Christ, we don't have God. Only those who abide in the t- doctrine of Christ have both are in the Father and the Son. So it's not enough just to believe in Jesus. We have to abide in the doctrine, the teaching of Christ, or we don't have God. Now ask yourself this question. Can you be saved if you don't have God? Obviously not. The only way we can be saved is through the grace of God. Because we're in fellowship with God. If we don't have God, we're not going to be saved. Well, this says we have to abide in the teaching, the doctrine of Christ, to have God. That would mean we have to abide in the teaching of Christ in order to be saved. That's Second John verse 9. You look it up in your own Bible. See for yourself. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ... Hath not God. I'm not making this stuff up. This is what the Bible teaches. Let me close by reading John 12:26 again. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. We have to serve Jesus in order to be saved.